Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Screen Heroes. I am Derek, one of your regular hosts. I have my other two weekly hosts with me, Ryan Hello. and Ray. Hi. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing well. We are uh, back for another episode before we go to Kansas City Comic Con. Yes, that is this weekend. We are going to be hosting a live episode, which, I mean, we do yes. live episodes every week, so that's not too different for us, but... It seems likely that we will be speaking to an empty room, but... Yes. Somebody's bound to show up by yeah, accident, Maybe right? by accident, yeah. <laughs> or they'll true. think they need to save a seat for the next They'll panel. leave shortly after, don't you worry. Um, we're, we're, of course, in the legendary uh, Hall H. Right. Uh, <laughs> we are in the uh, panel room right next to the bathrooms, so... Well, that's just convenient. People will mistake us for the bathroom. We'll get the scents wafting out to us. We actually have no idea where we are yet. So uh, I don't even know what time. We don't don't know the schedule quite yet. But we will be hosting a live episode of Screen Heroes at Kansas City Comic Con this weekend. We are ranking all of the Batman. To be clear, we're not live streaming it. So when we say live, Live we're going to be live to the people in this room. Sorry, it's our first live studio audience episode of Screen Heroes. So you'll have to be there in person. We've ranked quite a few things in the past, so this isn't new for those who have joined us, but for those that haven't, uh, we're going to go from our least favorite to our most favorite Batman. Should be a good time. Yes. Um, Two of our other shows are going to be doing live episodes at KCCC as well, uh, Gamer Heroes and Costume Couture, so... Go to at uh, Heroes Podcast on Twitter and Facebook when we uh, will be announcing our schedules for that. But we also have a booth. We will be at booth number six forty three, which is um, kind of a corner booth, which is pretty cool. Excited about that. You guys are going to have your own booths. I'm going to be with do. Jeremy from Red Shirts and Runabouts and Ian from Costume Couture. We are like a triforce of everything this weekend. So, <laughs> Do you guys want to say where you're going to be? Um, I believe I'm CP14. I'm yes. in the back. The very back. Not the very back. If you're near the exit, you can find me. Yep. <laughs> if you're just getting ready to exit out the south dock. Which you shouldn't be doing. Which you shouldn't be doing yeah, unless you're a vendor. But yeah, that's yeah. where Rachel will be. Yes. And, and what about Buster Props? Uh, I don't know my booth number. It's like 719 or something. No, you're like in the Seven, 400. Okay, four, that is 417 and 419. Is If they have pipe and drape, <laughs> I won't be able to see you. If they don't, I, I will be able to spot you. We're, we're going to send messages. Just we're going to ball yes. up paper and throw it at each other <laughs> and hope that it gets to the right Whatever, person. Whatever. Enough birds get into Bartle Hall. Pigeon, we could just, right? yes. just carry your pigeon. But yeah, that's where I'll be. <laughs> We have two, two tables. Basically, you just go down the main aisle, then you'll see us on the on the side there, on the right hand side. It's pretty easy. Should be pretty easy to find cool. us. We yes. made our three booths together make a nice triangle, yeah. uh, an isosceles triangle. And Generally, three points do that. 
So if you go into the center of that triangle, you'll disappear forever. If we just bring a couple more people into the Heroes Podcast Network, then we can have a pentagram and just Ooh. like uh, summon Constantine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that the, the Matt Winchesters. Ryan comes. Yes, <laughs> now you're talking. His table will be right in the middle. Oh, I love it. This is perfect. Fantastic. Uh, but that's this weekend, November 10th, 11th, and 12th. So come see us there. Check us out. Bring lots of money. It's a con, people. They want you to spend your money. <laughs> no, I want you to spend your money at my table. Please. The HPN is not selling anything, but come by and say hi to us. We're going to be talking to people about all of our shows and things of that Maybe nature. some new shows. Yes. Maybe. So come and talk to Derek. Maybe. Um, Maybe. I'm also moderating a couple of other panels. What are you Maybe. moderating? We what don't know for sure. Um, well, I, since I don't have my official schedule yet, you know, anything could happen. But uh, one of them is specific to uh, podcasting and media that I'll be doing uh, with uh, Notes and Nerds. So I'm looking forward to that. And then the other one I'm not going to say anything about yet because I, if it doesn't happen, then I don't want to get anybody's hopes up. So Okay. Uh, but it'd be cool. By the way, I don't even know about this, and I live with him. <laughs> so. I've told you. I've to- I, I know I've told you. Uh, no. But let's move on to news. All right. So this week was kind of balls to the wall crazy. Was it? I mean... I had my balls on a wall, so... I did not. Okay. Well, <laughs> you were busy at BlizzCon. I yes. was. Yeah. And if you want to know uh, about my experience at BlizzCon, listen to this week's Gamer Heroes. Came or out don't. today. Yeah. Continue. All right. So... <laughs> Uh, Disney tried to buy Fox, and immediately everybody thought, uh, what happens to the superheroes? They don't give a crap about the superheroes. It was so they could get The Simpsons and Family Guy on their streaming network, because that and Futurama. is worth like millions of dollars, whereas x-men and fantastic four not worth as much as the simpsons believe it or not so yeah but it would have the side effect of bringing those yes, characters under the it would. umbrella that, that would have happened it, it it would that's definitely true but those who don't know disney had announced that they wanted to start their own streaming service which of course makes um some interesting things happen on netflix and hulu disney owns a 30 percent stake in hulu by the way and of course they have a partnership with netflix with you know the defenders shows so um, a lot of that's going to be changing in 2019 and 2020 when certain contracts are up and Disney can launch their streaming service. Yes. So to have shows like The Simpsons and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Futurama to throw onto their streaming service with the more general Disney stuff. Fox doesn't own Buffy. Are you sure? Fox owns Dollhouse and Firefly. But not but, Buffy? No. Okay. The article Debbie. I was reading specifically called out Buffy. That's so. weird. I, I mean, maybe we didn't ended up selling it afterwards but it was never on fox to begin with so it was buffy was on the wb and ended on cw which would be a warner brothers property still with cbs so that is interesting uh-huh. uh maybe that article was mistaken then that's where i got that information it's from. possible so oops it's it's possible <laughs> i don't know who owns the licenses to buffy at this point i assumed because Whedon hates Fox so much after they screwed him on two shows, he would keep a hold of them as much as possible. So. That's fair. Now, there is one other very interesting tidbit that this might bring into play, and that is the the mystical original Star Wars trilogy in HD. Yes. Um, for those who don't know, the main reason this has never happened is that regardless of what Disney buys, um, Fox owns perpetual rights to Star Wars Episode Four, A New Hope, or just back then, Star Wars. 
Um, which means that in order to get the rights to that movie, you basically have to buy 20th Century Fox. Yes. So if Disney were to do that, then they would then have the legal rights to remaster and re-release the original Star Wars trilogy prior to the special editions. Yeah. A lot of people were also calling out monopolies. Our government does not care about monopolies, guys. They, they care sometimes. Like, when it comes to cable companies, they care. Very rarely do they interfere at this point. Like, monopolies, people just go for it. <laughs> like, I mean, the bigger the companies are, the more it becomes an issue. With You can talk about cell phone carriers. If you're talking about cable providers, cable TV providers, it has stopped some mergers in the past uh, fairly recently. So this would be up there on the list considering what Fox does own the rights to between it is Star Wars, lot the Marvel stuff. franchises, the TV franchises. Um, Disney's also, in a, from a political standpoint, Disney's also in a little bit of hot water. Because and, of the LA Times Yeah, they feud. banned the LA Times from any kind of press screenings for any of their properties moving forward, which has now caused a lot of movie awards organizations to basically... Uh, disqualify any Disney property from their award ceremonies for 2017, 2018 until this is resolved. Yes. Um, if Disney is doing that, then the FCC has a bigger reason not to allow the monopoly. Um, so this is not a good time for all of that to be going down. Correct. It's not going to happen. The deal is completely stalled. Disney tried. It's done. It's not moving forward. Honestly, I would have guessed Sony would have sold first before Fox. I didn't see that coming. But well, I mean, so, Sony's... Sony has a lot of failing, large properties that have been previously previously successful and are failing now. Yes. The main one for me that springs to mind is obviously Ghostbusters, but... Um, and Spider-Man. Spider-Man is another big one. I mean, it's that one I saw just selling out to Disney way before Fox. Sony has the advantage of having other branches of their company that keep them above water, like PlayStation, for example, and their music. Well, like Fox is not selling everything to Marvel right. either, nope, so I mean they could right. easily do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I, I Sony understand. Entertainment, I guess I should say, right. is specifically what I would. So, I so, so, so Sony Pictures, actually. Sony, Sony Pictures, Pictures yeah. yeah. Sony Entertainment yeah. is PlayStation. And stuff. I guess because Sony has made the deal now with Marvel, they probably aren't in a rush. Right. Whereas Fox doesn't have any deals with Marvel right now that are unique, so they might be in more of a pressure situation. So uh, it's a little surprising though, because, you know, Fox, of course, you know, they would, I guess they would, re, would they retain Fox sports? Fox would keep that? Fox sports according to the article I read. Okay. Yeah. Cause what's interesting there is, you know, I also I, thought they, they kept like the Fox and FX like channels. Like so this is just the movies. Yeah. I thought it was TV the stuff? content. I thought it was content. Oh, okay. I thought, but they still could like, Disney would be able to use and show Fox shows, but so could Fox still. Fox just couldn't use any of Disney stuff. Interesting. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, I just found it interesting. I, I thought that's how I read it. That is interesting. A lot of uh, sports viewership is down across the board. Um, and so from a financial standpoint, Disney's having a hard time keeping ESPN afloat. So You don't need seven channels. <laughs> In three of them. What about the Oat Show? <laughs> That's the only one they need to keep. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I want to watch squirrel water skiing and dodgeball. <laughs> I, I will say uh, at BlizzCon, the guy who kind of like runs the 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 commentator circle for it, I guess, he just like comes off as the best ESPN 8 the Ocho anchor you could possibly <laughs> come up with. And we just we couldn't get over that all weekend. But um, anyway, so what else we have in the news? 
other Man. things. Justice League is really good. Justice League is really bad. Also, Justice League is mediocre. <laughs> so somewhere in there. And it's the best Whedon film. <laughs> you mean to tell me that people have differing opinions about a piece of art? Well, I, I get a little bit nervous just because like BVS was pretty split, too. There was a lot of critics that came out and said, yeah, it was good. And then there's a bunch that were like, nope. And they just <laughs> crapped all over it. And, you know. I mean, you know. It's true. Right after it happened, like, our friends went to Facebook and half of them were like, that was a great movie. And the others were like, that was trash. Yeah. Martha. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I, obviously, we're, we're, we're going to see it soon. And to be clear, uh, WB uh, said that they can't, no, but there's an embargo on press reviews until I think the day or two days before the movie is released, which is not I putting a lot of confidence that. in the movie. But also, you could—I mean, it can, you could make arguments for it either way. I mean, it's not abnormal. Well, when Marvel is releasing, didn't somebody just... press screenings and embargoes a month before their movie right. comes out? Right, a lot gets spoiled. The entire well, movie. That. Well, there's was that, but I mean, there's much more confidence in the movie. Somebody had a really tight embargo on something recently that people were were kind of negative about the fact. Wasn't that... it Defenders? Was I thought it? Defenders had a shorter embargo than Iron Fist or something, and people They're, were the Marvel movies are usually like, like for example, we saw Civil War like a month ahead of time. We did, and that was because Marvel is really confident in that property, and they, you know, but it might not be a confidence thing. It could be a spoiler thing. I mean, we have two... we want them to spoil it. They want it to. They want spoilers no, 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 no. on it. What I'm saying is the, the the kinds of spoilers that they are matters in Thor Ragnarok, which we'll be talking about in a bit. The, the spoilers aren't the focus of the movie, and we'll talk about what I mean by that later, but in Justice League, we have, like, two possible characters that could be very, very spoiled in this movie for people that could be a main plot point and reason for the movie. So if you ruin that for people, that's, you know... I think that's the optimistic side of it. I don't think that they really care about spoilers getting released. I mean, everybody knows Superman's coming back, right? So that's not really a spoiler. But if everybody was, doesn't. Okay. I mean, was, the, fan, the, the, the core comic book fan base knows it, right? We know it, but the average moviegoer, I'm not sure, does. He hasn't been in any press materials. He hasn't been on any marketing materials. He well, showed the up in average sh- moviegoer is probably not reading reviews of the movie a month ahead of time to have that spoiled for me de- either. It depends because we're in the age where titles of articles just ruin stuff for people all the time. And so all you need is somebody on your Facebook feed to reshare an article that says, you know, s- you know, Dumbledore dies and yeah. that person's not going to go see that movie, so, right? That's not what I mean. Well, does, just, but then what's the point of embargoing it, it until two days ahead? I don't think it has anything to do with spoilers. I think it, I think it creates a bad experience for the moviegoers. It ruins something for me if something is spoiled. I'm me. sure it does, but you still yeah. go see the movie and ultimately that's what they care about. They don't care about the experience for the moviegoers. They just care that they have money in their pockets. It's a business. But I mean, maybe we don't know why. So well, we can the, argue about the, it why. Right, but I mean, I think that most people are saying that the reason why it's doing that is because of BVS and all the bad reviews came out ahead of time, and they think that that ruined the the or hurt the box office. Obviously, but, it made a lot of money. I mean, that's the thing. Like that's why that argument doesn't work for me because it made a ton of money. But would it have made more if there weren't a bunch of uh, people crapping <sighs> I mean, on it? Ahead that's of time? incredibly hypothetical. Yeah, though. who knows? <laughs> but this one with it being the reviews not coming out until two days before the movie, you know, it's probably less likely that people are gonna go, oh, it's terrible on Rotten Tomatoes because the critic yeah. reviews are gonna be the same time as the like regular. Josh well, and most reviews. people, two days ahead of time, most people are going to have their tickets to opening night already in today's age versus, you know, waiting till the day of and going to the box office. So, True. 
I just think it's, uh, I think that it's kind of ridiculous. The people, every time I see a news article, it says Justice League disappointing. And then another one that's like, this person says Justice League is going to be surprisingly good and wait until you see it. And it's like, okay, guys, it's got, it doesn't have to be a news article every time one critic says that it's either good or bad. Well, but it's about clicks, right? That's, that's what our whole internet concept is based off of, ad revenue clicks. I saw one today that says Jason Momoa confirms that Justice League is basically a Marvel movie because they added an end credit scene. Like, that's yeah. it. He, they did, he did confirm that. That was some news. There's an after credit scene. scene. And, but other Spoiler. things have done that. I was, yeah, the fact that like somehow Marvel has retconned their way into inventing that concept, it kind of bothers me because it, it happened long before. It was in a night's jail. Like. <laughs> there, there are some old movies that have post-credit scenes. There's Spielberg's Day Off. There you okay. go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, so, I'm so. sure it's just Green Lantern showing up. Nobody's going to want to see that anyway. So I mean, maybe. I think if you wait to do that, that's kind of lame. It better be something else. If, if that is your end credit scene, then bravo for keeping his casting on the DL. Because right? I have not heard well, one Well, to be fair, like, thing. Shazam has already has been shooting for a while, and they've uh, yeah. just now announced, you know, who's yeah. playing. They are really good about, about so. keeping yeah, that I guess tight that's We have, like, two weeks worth of news because we didn't have a podcast last week. Yeah, it totally threw us so off. So, Zachary Levi yes. is yes. Shazam and Asher. I don't the name of the kid, yeah. Kid number four <laughs> looks like a young Zachary Levi. Though. Yeah, he looks a lot it. like the Billy Batson in the comic books. So yeah, and I, I mean no disrespect so. to the the, the actor because I, I just don't know who he is. I don't watch kid Disney shows. Yeah. His first name is Asher. I did catch that part, but I have heard good things about him from people that have kids that watch those shows, and so they watch him. They say that he's very like bubbly and like energetic, and he totally he, Billy Batson yeah. all the way. So I love Zachary Levi. If you've never seen too. Chuck, I haven't. Then you haven't seen his best work, in my opinion. But, uh, he's Flynn Rider. He is a Disney prince, and that puts him on a pedestal for me, so I love that's that. That's fine, but it was animated. He's also a Marvel character. Uh, yeah, in, he in was, movie, yeah, so. he was in .35 seconds of Ragnarok. And so. he was in 1.35 <laughs> seconds of the other two movies. Actually, I guess he was a no, little more in the first Thor. No, he was Thor. not in the first Thor. Josh Dallas played Fandral. Really? In he, the, has the, he has the original Thor on his IMDb. It shouldn't. He Zachary Levi was not in it. It was Josh Dallas from Once Upon a Time. <laughs> Pretty sure I saw that. I was was like, he in reshoots? Maybe, maybe? no. Interesting. No, Josh Josh Dallas couldn't come back to the second one because of Once Upon a Time. Well, I didn't. So I saw in the credits that Zachary Levi was in Ragnarok, and I was like, "Was he though?" <laughs> right. And when I saw the Shazam casting, I went, looked at his IMDb, and I was like, "Wait a second, Thor!" <laughs> I completely forgot that he was in that. <laughs> I, based on I, I'm not familiar with Zachary Levi but I have people close to me including Derek that um, are familiar with him and are very excited about that casting Shazam is one of my favorite superheroes so I'm very excited about that casting too just because I trust the people that have told me it's going to be good well I, so, I remember when he needs to beef up I'll well, say that about him so when Gal- he probably Gal- has because he tweeted a picture the other day that's of true. I did Asher see a picture. Angel and yeah. it was just like right here but I could see his arm muscle yeah. and I'm like oh and there's another okay. picture somebody else posted of like him looking super jacked yeah. yeah. and we were like oh well now it makes sense why he's really jacked I, I mean look when, when Gal Gadot was first cast as Wonder Woman my, my, my first gut reaction was she's a little on the small side for Wonder Woman, right? And 
that never that does not matter after we saw her in the role. It's a little different so, for, for females, I feel like, in a lot of cases. Like, Black Widow doesn't need to be huge and muscular, right? She's no, wearing no, no, a, but like, Usually people are I, concerned about tits. Well, you're yeah, not. Seems like it. It was a huge argument that yes. her breasts weren't big enough to be Wonder Woman. For me, it was that Wonder Woman's an Amazon. And Amazons, right. supposed to be theoretically, yeah. are supposed to be fairly large people, right? So, for me, that I was like, well, how's that going to work? And it clearly, it clearly didn't matter. Right, but for so you think a skinny Shazam is going to be okay? Skinny, but he doesn't have to look like the Rock either. Except he so. kind of does because they're given the powers by the same wizard. So I mean, I, I know. But the thing is, he doesn't. They can use a lot of muscle suit. I was thinking about this yeah. the other day because when are you ever going to see the character of Shazam outside of his probably? You know no. what I mean? You're not going to yeah. see him He's outside a, of that, right? He can't just a kid. Go, yeah. That's why I'm not really worried about so, it. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll have a so, nice muscle suit just yeah. like everybody else in the like in the, the Beast in the New Beauty and the Beast or something it'll be fine yeah. it's not like that's not what i'm worried about i think he's got the personality that's for more it. important for sure and that's and i i really like him and i, I was kind of bummed that he hadn't done more work after chuck because it was a he lovely show got the starring role in the heroes reboot yeah heroes and Reborn that or sadly did not take off but i eventually went back and watched the pilot episode he was great he was great. I can see why the show failed, but he was good. Yeah, yeah. So I don't doubt him at all. I doubt the stuff that people give him. That's the real issue, and so I'm, I'm glad that he's getting this opportunity. And the director for that that movie, the Shazam movie, is somebody I'm very excited about. So I think it'll be, uh, it'll. I think uh, it's shaping up to be something really special. I'm excited about it. It's a very. It, it's interesting because it's it's almost like it's almost like their Thor. You know, because right. he gets his power. He's Kinda, not a god, yeah. but he gets his powers from mythological gods. There's some parallels. I know it's not the same, uh, but I'm excited to see them go with the Greek route rather than the Norse route and see what kind of differences. And there's going to be the people with. complaining. He's got the same powers as Superman. Well, first of all, Superman doesn't have the wisdom of Solomon. Okay, <laughs> but- Shazam was written by a competing comic company as a Superman ripoff, and at one point. In the 40s and 50s, Shazam was more popular. He had the Shazam family, which was more popular. And DC, instead of fighting it and shutting it down, they bought the entire company. They did the same thing with Green Arrow. And uh, there were a few other characters that were just more popular and they were like nope they're ours now so we'll take them and they never shut them down they kept them going because obviously i mean you know arrow was the anchor show for the cw universe um there was a bunch of controversy because uh zachary levi that's his name right yeah Yeah. he tweeted that in the original captain marvel yeah everybody's like what no and then james gunn's like guys He was the original Captain Marvel. I thought he's stupid. I loved that he tweeted. He was on Instagram. And I love that he posted that so much. Because, yeah. like, I thought it was really petty that Marvel did the whole lawsuit thing yeah. against DC and forced them to change the character. Well, because they name. can only have one copyright for the movie. Like, it doesn't matter who has the copyright in the comics, but movies... Yeah, it, I mean, it not, just, he's not going to be called Captain Marvel, like, in no, the title, No, but it was just, but. it was just, it felt really petty, because the DC character was around first, and the word Marvel by itself isn't 
like it's used outside of Marvel Comics and Marvel Studios. And so does DC own the rights to those two letters next to each other? Like that just seems weird. I'm wondering so. <laughs> I'm wondering how they're gonna deal with it in the movie context. Cause since the wizard's name is Shazam, like are how is are they still gonna call this guy like it's well, it's kind of a weird How like, is he gonna introduce himself to anybody? He can't say his no, own he name. Can. That's stu- yes. He can say his own name. He has to mean it. For it to be, yeah, that's why he books. usually. Speak. No, I mean it depends on the writer, but in general, it's very easy they for them have to go. Didn't switch mean back it. and forth. No, like but... if he screams it, lightning. If yeah. he's just like, "Hey, man, I'm Shazam. What's up?" Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're not going to be like every time he accidentally sh- says Shazam. <laughs> it's like a great t- scene, though, right? No, <laughs> it would be dumb. Like it would be. It's funny to think about. We're worthy but... of Thor Ragnarok, maybe. Let's talk about Thor Ragnarok. All right, bust out your numbers. So, yes, okay, so box office results for Thor Ragnarok. And Tomatoes, Um, please. It did, of course, win the box office, shocking nobody. Um, It only went up against A Bad Mom's Christmas and LBJ. Those were the only two new movies this weekend. Uh, It did, of course, go up against Jigsaw in its second weekend. It brought in $122.7 million its opening weekend on a $180 million budget, which is decent money. I feel like that's lower than they had projected. Um, if you bring in, it's 308 million international number, which is really nice. Uh, that puts it at almost 440 for its opening weekend. Thor Ragnarok currently is sitting at a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which is really good. Um, if we look at the Thor series just kind of as a whole here for opening weekends, uh, it crushes the first two movies. Uh, the first was 65.7, the second was 85.7, and this, of course, was 122.7. So, clearly, something about the way this movie was marketed really drew people in more. Was it Hulk? Was it just the more kind of 80s fun style? Combination of, probably. Um, but it did really well from that standpoint. So, um, yeah, I mean, th- th- those are the numbers. Those are definitely strong numbers for it. If we look at the whole MCU... Um, we don't have to. Okay. It's the highest rated on Rotten Tomatoes of the entire MCU, I'm pretty yes. sure. It's the seventh highest opening of the 17 MCU films. So that's pretty big considering there's a lot of ensemble films above that, right? So um, it beats out the first Iron Man, and it beat out Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy. So, I mean, it beat out some big movies. So uh, those are the financial numbers. Before we go into spoilers, you guys want to give just kind of your general thoughts on the movie? Do I, though? I have a I have a one sentence explanation for how I feel. Okay, about I'm gonna I'm just gonna say this right away. I know I'm in a firing squad right now, and I came to this podcast knowing that I was gonna get crapped on by the two of you about my opinions for this movie. No, we. Never- I'm okay with it. It's gonna happen. I'm just throwing that out there, listeners. I know I'm that they're gonna argue with me to the, my last breath, but uh, I I very much enjoyed the movie. Um, I thought it was. It had flaws, but uh, overall it was fun. It, was, it made me more interested in Thor mythology than the other Thor movies. Uh, it was the most interesting of the Thor movies. Um, had the best villain of the Thor movies, really, other than Loki, I guess. But that was whatever. We're not gonna. We'll talk about Loki later. He's but, the villain you want to cuddle. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, but yes, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I think that it's the funniest MCU movie, um, without question. Uh, but if you go into it, know that it's a pure comedy. And what, if you go in expecting just that, I think you'll be okay. Right? All right. I feel like I have to have a disclaimer. We all get our disclaimers right. first. 
I am going to be nitpicky about the movies because there's 17 MCU films and there are some that I like more than others. I have not seen one MCU movie that I completely hate or that's a terrible film that hasn't existed. I enjoy Thor Ragnarok. I laughed at jokes. I... At the end of the film, during the climax scene on the Bifrost, I looked up there and I said, I am sexually attracted to everyone on screen right now. Everyone. Even Korg? (laughs) I mean, I was. It's it's the voice. As long as he keeps talking, we're good. Right? So. The the voice of Korg. With Taika Waititi. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 He was doing so familiar. It did sound like Reese Davies. It did. Yeah, that's what I thought. He was doing like a specific uh, dialect of New Zealand accent. Like it wasn't his normal voice, but it definitely came off as Reese Davies, and I I thought thought it was him for a while. I I was waiting for the the Flight of the Concords to show up somewhere in there, but it didn't happen. He watched the Flight of the Concords quite a bit all the time. Yeah, he did quite a few episodes of that show. What we do in the shadows? Yeah, and both of them were in it. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, one of them was. The werewolf, not the swearwolf. All right, well, now we have to watch that. That's well, and the I, other I wanted one to watch vampire, it anyway. So, yeah, yeah. That that and Ray Darby is in it. And yeah. I mean, like all the Flight of the Concords people are in it. There's only like is. seven people in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> six former actors. So. The other guy's a sheep farmer. So, no, I'm yeah, kidding. they got to have I'm their kidding, sheep. I'm kidding. That's racist. But. All right. So from here on out, I am going to be nitpicky. So I'm going to just tell you all the things I loved. I love. Wait, I thought we were just doing it. Yeah, this is just our short. Okay. Yeah. So for me, I also want to say that I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I went out of the movie and I had a great time. Okay. I don't want anyone to think that I walked out of the movie mad. I have walked out of movies mad before. <laughs> All right. That this was not that. This was a fun time. Uh, I my my one liner for the movie is it seemed like a very expensive, very long SNL skit of Thor. That's what it felt like. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I don't. I don't mean that with negative or positive connotation. Okay, so let's let's stop there. If you haven't seen the movie yet and you care about spoilers, give us a pause. Go see it and come back. If you've seen the first two Thor movies, I think we can probably all agree that this one is definitely worth seeing. Yeah, sure. right. If you have any interest in Thor, yeah, yeah, you should go see it. So that's been your spoiler warning. Let's go ahead and dive into the details. Where would you guys like to start? I think we should start from beginning to end. Like, it, there's we should a, start at the beginning. There's a lot of stuff. I loved the opening scene with Surtur. And like, it just starts with him wrapping up, and it's like, I wonder. Like, he was like sitting in the skeleton. You wonder I mean, why I got here. Yeah. Let me tell you. It's a good opening. I love that. I wished that had been the first trailer and not the fight with Hulk. Oh, that would have been. Fun. But I do think Here's, that the fight with Hulk was a huge draw. Right. I get that. Right, but it did ruin that part of the movie. Here's why I have yeah. an issue with that. And it's it's I went with our friend Zach, and he said to me that as soon as he knew Hulk was in the film, the story wasn't going to start and be a story until Hulk came on screen. The first act for me was very rushed. It was character introduction, joke. Character introduction, joke. It was a lot to get through, and I felt like they sped through it to get there. And I felt like it could have slowed down a bit. But that opening scene with Surtur 
and him fighting off all those uh, big guys and small guys, it reminded me of a really cool D&D battle. And that's kind of what I love from Thor, is I feel like it's a game of D&D. <laughs> so I love that opening scene. Yeah, I, I think the opening is, is really fun. I think that the spinning on the chain maybe went just a little too far. Yeah, that, it was uh, a little long. But yeah. it's a fun scene. It's a really enjoyable scene. I liked it a lot. And Surtur, because you know, I'm not a Marvel Comics reader for the most part, uh, and so I don't really know the character very well. And so I found that beginning to be really interesting because I'm like, wow, he took care of that guy really quick. Like, what's going to happen in the rest of the movie? Um, but uh, that was really a lot of fun for me. I think that the the biggest hang-up for the movie is probably that it had a really fun story to tell, but it was handicapped because it also had to be had to set up all these characters to be ready for Infinity War. And it's a little bit like, you know, some issues that Edgar Wright had with Ant-Man, where you're a little handcuffed from a creative standpoint, because you have these markers that you have to hit. And you can do stuff in between those markers, but you better hit those marks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like the opening scene. Yeah. I mean what what you said, Rachel, about um about things being too rushed. That'll be something that I reference the entire time. It's one of my biggest problems with the movie. Um, cool. But but the opening scene, you said D&D. For me, it felt like a really good He-Man nice. episode. Okay. That's like, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I the dialogue that. was between them. It made me remind me of He-Man and Skeletor and, like, just the, the whole fight and just the action when yeah. he was fighting all the other dudes and just... Um, the whole thing felt like felt like a He-Man I like that. Uh, That's a really good comparison. And really, the whole movie... Like, I, I absolutely loved every color that was in the movie. It was so bright and beautiful. Yeah, lots of neon, and, like, there were things, like, this is going off the beginning, but there's You're a lot good. of things that are, like, uh, that looked like fake props, and I think that was on purpose, you know? Um, like, yeah. when he lands, when they land on the trash planet or whatever, all Sakaar, the stuff there, yeah. Sakaar, yeah. All the stuff there, that looked super fake to me, but I'm pretty sure that was on purpose, like... Because I was actually going to say that this is one of the few big budget blockbusters where I couldn't really find any like technical glitches. You must not have seen the same version I saw. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, maybe that's... How did you view the movie? Uh, 2D standard. So I saw it in IMAX. Yeah, we did not see it in IMAX. But I will tell you that the scene um, where you first meet Hela in Norway, I think it was, um, that looked like poo. oh i guess when the they're green screen over, was yeah, okay. terrible i forgot you're right the the, the it, yeah the green i guess i'm thinking more of like the big action sequences where like i normally would look for issues that was an action sequence right too, but... well Didn't no like start what, fighting them there well but when they walk up to their father okay. like that looked bad yeah right and that that's something i guess i kind of glossed over in my head because that's the easy thing to fix and they got the hard stuff right right so i guess that's i just true. didn't really think about it uh, we're kind of running all over the place yeah we now, are now. But... sorry let's no you're good so we talked about that i do want to make a quick note about surter in he's important to the thor mythology in the comics but he is not an important enough character to make an entire film around and if they had it would have been another malekith thing where it was a blank villain for no reason causing destruction for nothing so I'm glad they didn't go with him for the whole thing, but I love that he was in it, that they referenced him. So. He was cool looking, too. I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, I thought they did a really nice job. I like. I thought the whole thing with like the taking the mask and having it on his back and stuff. Yeah. Felt, again, <laughs> it felt very He-Man. Him walking with like a chained up thing on his back and like weapons. And was, stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Was, it was awesome. That part was good. Um, next, I guess we're going to Asgard and we see Loki watching himself that is we see odin 
Well, right. who is Loki, but yeah. That yeah. is really fun. If everybody's focusing on Matt Damon as Loki, but Sam Neill played Odin and uh, Chris Hemsworth's older brother, Isaac, played Thor. So yeah. it was a it was a fun little thing of Easter eggs right there. I didn't know how to feel about that scene, and I still don't. I, I, I definitely believe that Loki would do something like that. Yeah, it, sets, it, it totally fits in with the Loki character. Like, he just wants to be worshipped, and this is the way to do it, is watch a daily play about your, I guess your throw, heroic efforts. They just, I think they, they've just made Loki this guy who's like, he's not a bad guy here, because he's not doing anything to any of the people. Yeah. In fact, the place seems great. Yeah, they it, seemed happy. Right? Like, it looks exactly the same as the way we left it. He's not right. changing But I anything. think that's part of the problem is that, and they reference this later in the movie, so maybe I'm jumping ahead, but uh, Odin was the protector of the realms. Loki didn't protect anything. He no. focused on Asgard and that was it. So that was the reason why Ragnarok all happened in the first place and I, why Thanos can now come and take care of the, these other realms. I knew things were bad. Because Heimdall wasn't there. He had left his position, not because of Hela, but because he knew Odin wasn't in Asgard. And he felt like he had to protect kind of behind the... So he left on his own accord? Yeah. Okay, I, I took it as Loki kind of fired him. No, I, I totally got it that he left and Loki needed to fill the gap. So okay. he just had... Misinterpretation. Ridiculous casting. Poor Carl Urban. Scourge was... Kind of a joke to me. He was, I mean, Scourge in the comics is kind of a joke because he's really execu- uh, uh, Enchantress's whipping boy, not Hela's. But and, they don't have Enchantress no. in the movies. So. And I'm fine with that. Amora's a stupid character. Okay. Well, um, anyway. Uh, Do you guys have thoughts on the Loki play or Scourge before we so move on I, to meeting I talk, Hela? I talked to my brother because he went and saw the movie and he said that the Matt Damon thing actually kind of pulled him out of the movie. That's kind of how and, I feel about you it. You know, it, he, he's like he didn't understand it in the context of the movie. And I don't think it's a joke you're supposed to understand in the context of the movie. It's supposed to take you out of the movie and go, I think holy so crap, they got Matt Damon. This is funny. You know, so I mean, that, I could see how that would bother people. It really didn't bother me. I thought it was funny. And Sam Neill, yeah, and I mean, every uh, the whole play was, me, I thought, was, was pretty great. It was kind of like a for the character. Bill Murray cameo in Zombieland. Like, it was supposed to be meta and be like, sup, yeah. dudes, we got this guy. And But I think the reason it didn't work for me is that, and it may, maybe this is unfair because it, it comes up a couple of times for me in the movie, the fact that it is the 17th MCU film means that it's part of that connected universe. And it's really the first time I can think of that they did anything like that. And so it just doesn't fit the tone for me. It's kind of like how I love this Thor, but it's also inconsistent with the Thor we've had. That's very but, true. But you have to understand, this is something that, that I think a lot of people aren't thinking about. They Marvel has fo- gone from focusing on, it needs to be cookie cutter in this universe, this type of movie, to letting the director do their own thing. And it started with Ant-Man. And it's kind of gone gone from there. So every now every movie really has come out and been its own thing. And so something like that may be the first time in the MCU, but to be fair, this is Taika Waititi's first foray into the MCU. Well, right, and this but, is the only success, really successful version of Thor. But I'm not complaining about you know the jokes, like what they were. Like the, like the opening sequence and stuff like that is all really funny. But um, I, I think it's just because that scene is so self-referential in a universe that's not 
that it just it took me out of it. It seemed weird. It seemed out of place for a Marvel movie. The director can put their stamp on it all they want, but at the end of the day, they signed up to do an MCU film. And that's right. something that they need to be aware of, too. And So, here's the difference. Okay. Watiti said that, he, and he referenced Ant-Man. He said, like, Edgar Wright was boxed in, and they have since learned from that. So, when I said, when I signed up to do this, I specifically asked, what are my limitations? Can I kill off characters? Can yeah. I take them to different places? Can I let... Chris and Mark kind of ad lib, and they were like, "You do whatever you want, and we'll rein you in if we have to." Yeah, we'll tell you. We'll yeah. cut. We'll, if we need to cut something, we'll cut something. Yeah. We'll not let you. He do- said that they had Marvel producers on set like every day. They they didn't just like spy from afar. So right. So so what I'm saying, but that matters though because that keeps it more in context. Right. This is still being made in the same universe that the other movies have been made in, and it's totally just right. that one scene. And the changes in Thor as a character just didn't really make continuity sense to me. And I don't think it's nitpicky to say that this Thor seems completely out of place from the Thor that we've seen in the you know four movies. The explanation is that he's lived on Midgard for a while. Two years Yeah, now. two years. And so he had started to pick up their mannerisms and their things like that. But 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 he, ha- he hasn't really... like. Th- I guess this is where it gets kind of confusing, right? Is... Well, then, if he's been on Midgard the whole time, then why has he been absent in why Civil War? Why wasn't he in Civil like, War? So, yeah. like, well, he was, was on Midgard up until before, so, like, through Age of Ultron, which Civil War happened shortly after Age of Ultron, and that was, there was but, two years but there. The Thor in Age of Ultron is not this Thor, is my point. That's right? true. And so that, that's my point. And I'm not saying that it's bad. I actually prefer this Thor. But in the universe as a whole, it seems like a totally different character. That's, you're right. But I think they just decided that they needed to do something different with Thor. Because Thor was not a character that... He was the least interesting MCU <laughs> character by far. So they I'm just decided to go, that, F but... it. And we're going we're gonna to change Thor. Here's the reason why this is my least favorite Thor. I thoroughly enjoyed the first two Thor movies. They rank very high in my personal favorites. Not because they're great. I do recognize that there are others that are better. But because that style of film, fantasy as a whole, elves and men in shining armor, that appeals to me. That it, it That's what I wanted to see. But there's still elves and men in shining armor. I don't understand what changed there. Nothing. There's still okay. You said this <laughs> like, is your least favorite the, Thor, but these that's your two reason. are those two are fantasy films, like full out fantasy. This is a sci-fi film. This is a sci-fi. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a buddy sci-fi buddy yeah. comedy. Yeah. Like I that's mean, what it, it, it is. It was Guardians of the Galaxy with different characters and less uh, Guardians. Well, I mean, there's a team of four. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's what five <laughs> Guardians, though, right? So. Well, I mean, depending on the movie. Yeah, there's more Guardians in the second one. Yeah, Count Core gets five. There you go. Right, so it's not far off. Um, And it definitely comes off as as a Guardian. In fact, I think it did Guardians of the Galaxy better than Volume 2 did. Um, Oh, it definitely did, (laughs) You know. This was the best one of the year. Best Marvel movie of the year. I I enjoyed Spider Man because of Tom Holland and yeah, Michael really Keaton, but I really hated Tom, uh, Tony Stark being shoehorned in every single scene. I've like, seen a lot oh. of people go, Spider Man is is funnier. Is, what? What? Were we watching the same movie? Yeah. Like, there's no way Spider Man is better than yeah, this. I, I didn't want to speak on it because I feel like I have a bias against Spider Man at this point because I'm just so burned out on Spider Man movies. No, I just I'm so, not burned out on Spider Man movies, and I just don't like it. Was fine, but it was not as good okay. as this movie, in my opinion. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I just thought maybe. 
maybe it was me. Because I have not really liked a Spider-Man movie since Spider-Man 2. So... Yikes. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed Amazing Spider-Man. But, I did too. Uh, I mean, yeah. But anyway, I, I that's a separate... That. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think for me... We're really actually, spending a lot of time on this play, by the way. We should we're probably, moving on. Yeah, we're we moving on from the play. So let's talk about Hella's introduction, because she's next. Um, I hated Odin's death scene, and I immediately compared it to the turtle dying in Kung Fu Panda. It was like, they did that better, where the, oh, he just disintegrates into flower petals. Cherry, I was like, cherry blossoms. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that was so much prettier in that movie, but whatever. So, hella was hella cool. <laughs> the, this is something I said I was going to reference, and so I'm referencing it now. I feel like um, the I don't know that they needed more impact, but it felt like they should have more impact. There were several points in the movie. Um, one we'll get to later, but two were basically in this scene where the fact that they find out they have a sister... Yeah. And the fact that Odin dies. Their father's just... Yeah. And there's it's like completely glossed over. Joke, joke, joke. I I love that. jokes. And I laughed at the jokes. But it did feel a little yeah. weird that we we're that it was a joke there. And there wasn't... Like, they never got sad. The nope. closest thing they got to sad was the elevator scene when they were talking. Yeah. Which was great. Yeah, it was a nice scene. It, it, that, that, that's, I think, my, own, my real problem. The reason I call it an SNL skit is because of that. I feel like the movie doesn't have any of its own weight. That everything, like, there's some serious stuff that happens in this movie. Odin's death should have made me a little more emotional than what it did, and yeah, that's what I'm saying. You also have you have what's going on with Bruce Banner, the fact that he's been essentially trapped inside of Hulk for two years, and you know his his realization, you know, of when he transforms back. Watching Natasha gives him like this PTSD. Again, that's pretty glossed over. I mean, Thor loses an eye, and all that we get is a joke about how he looks like his father. Right, like there's some seriously heavy stuff that happens. Like, I mean, it's gone. Ragnarok happens. Asgard is destroyed at the end of this movie, and there should. I feel like I sh- should have been more. more emotional about some of those things. I don't think that's 100 percent this film's fault. I think that the the destruction of Asgard. I feel like Asgard has not really been developed as a location like that we care about. It, it's a location we know about. Yes. And it's pretty and stuff, but, like, it hasn't been developed as something we really care about very much in the MCU. So the fact that it was destroyed should have been an impactful moment in the movie, but it wasn't 100% on this movie. No, but I feel like the the characters that were watching it happen weren't as upset as I thought they should be. How about that? Because yeah. all of them That's were like, because they were yeah, very big on the whole Asgard's a people, not a place, and I appreciate that sense. But even the extras in the back that are like, I just abandoned my home for you bastards. Like, like I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, they saved themselves as a people, but this was their home for most of them, their entire existence, centuries. Yeah, was was here. Most never even left. Right. So I feel like the characters should have been more upset about it, and that in turn would have made me feel more upset about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, and the, the whole Hulk thing. I mean, this—they talk about how Hulk has like a trilogy coming up inside of these other movies, but we barely talk about the fact that like he's been trapped inside of Hulk, doesn't really know what happened for two years. He's got to deal with that. He's on an alien world for the first time ever with a bunch of people who think it's totally normal, and he's got to wrap his head around that and get back into normal social structure in a totally foreign place. And then willingly become Hulk again to help save the day at the end of the Would movie. Would you? Ra- I feel like you'd rather this movie have been a super heavy, like dark movie. No, I don't think it needed to. I think it it's needed to. It's called Thor Ragnarok. That's the end of the world. I wanted it to be a little bit heavier. 
I didn't. I guess I, mean, I liked the. The jokes. movies are made I for just, kids. Like it's it's not made for us. Well, for they're the most P, it's PG thirteen, right? So right, I but, mean, but my 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 point is is that it could have been heavier, right? If you look at sure. like you know the first Winter Captain Soldier. America. Well, the Winter Soldier is kind of on the far end of the, of the Marvel spectrum, but you've got you know Captain America, First Avenger. You've got the first Iron Man. All of those have heavier moments that are more real so to speak. i think a lot of that like before they started letting directors do their own thing yes. a lot of those movies had heavier moments i think as soon as they announced the director for this movie having seen a couple of his movies i knew exactly what it was gonna be he doesn't have heavy moments in the, any of his may, movies maybe some of these things shouldn't have happened and maybe ragnarok wasn't the right story to go with because you picked heavy things well, they picked in the, the movie. They picked they the movie being called it. Thor Ragnarok before they picked the director. So well, like, okay, fine. They but, couldn't yeah. call it like Thor Planet Hulk. Right, you could still do the Ragnarok part, all right? But there's other things, like it's not it's not directly connected to the comic books. There's things they could have done differently that would have removed at least some of these heavy elements, right? And if, if, if you as a director have to do comedy and you can't do the heavy moments, that's harder for me because some of my favorite shows like Futurama and Scrubs do both really, really well. And I need that because if it's straight comedy the entire time, then why do I care about any of the bad stuff that happens? You don't really. I mean, it's, I, I'm not really I, arguing I, with you because I get, yeah. I really do agree that there should have been some more weight to some of the scenes. But I mean, I don't know. I get why he did it. You know, it's, the he, you can't go from like, uh, the comedy like they had in this movie to a dark scene it just like it wouldn't have worked I, I don't know i've seen it done before in other contexts not not this kind like his co- specific kind of comedy i feel like wouldn't have worked with trying to introduce Maybe. some darker heavier elements personally but i mean i could be Maybe wrong. you're right but there's one thing i do want to talk about because it's the crux of the whole climax of the movie and maybe, Ray, you can explain this since you know the comics better. But how is Hela's power tied to the buildings of Asgard? What do you mean? They said in order to stop her, they had to let Ragnarok happen because she gets her power from Asgard. So, like... The realm, like, I think. Isn't Asgard yeah, does, the realm? But how does that work? They all... <laughs> I mean, they all are slightly more powerful on Asgard because, you know... It, it's think of it the way the moon has an effect on our our weight and our gravity like we can float and you can lift stuff and things like that this environment makes them more powerful she's never been in any other realm she's conquered some of them beside odin but but they didn't really they framed it more like she gets more powerful she's unique in that she gets more powerful over time being in asgard so here's the thing in the comics, she becomes more powerful the more dead there are. So they, she is they just the goddess. Of <laughs> well, I mean, she was killing a bunch of people in Asgard. So, well, I mean, I mean, that's, that's true, not... but that's not how it was framed. Christian right? mythology was... gets the name Hell from her, so right. you know it, she's always been associated with evil and death. It kind of felt like you know if, if Superman bakes in the sun longer and longer, he gets stronger and stronger. It and he can punch like through that. and punch the artist for his comic book and changes. Yeah, Superman <laughs> Prime One Million should have never happened. To <laughs> me, but, no, but that's that's kind of what that came off as. Yeah, and it, it just that was because if she's really their their sister, or at least Thor's sister from a blood perspective, how come he's not equally powerful on Asgard? Well, if you've noticed, he became that way. I will he say had those abilities when he got mad. 
I will say uh, this is the first movie that pointed out that he was like the god of lightning and not Which was the really god cool. of hammers. Like yes. that final scene with him. That well, even was, the scene with with Hulk, we didn't talk about much. But I mean, when when he gets like the lightning punches, that was pretty freaking yeah. cool. And to be able to knock Hulk around like that is not a joke. Like that's no. very powerful. Well, and I like the moment he had with his father with Odin, and Odin explains the hammer. He's like, it was never your power never came from the hammer. It was to help Are you, you the god of hammers. Power. Yeah. I love that. Like, that, that was, was a great, really great line. I thought that was a great moment. That totally reminded me of like Mufasa appearing in the sky. I was like, yes, it's the Mufasa moment. Yeah, and bit. I wanted that because that to me was slightly more emotional than his death earlier in the film. Like that was a really good moment. I thought that was cool because Thor, Thor doesn't need the hammer, right? That's the whole point. And I guess he his still needed everything. eye is missing and they have the lightning coming out of it. And I was like, yeah, I feel I, so. That's that scene. I feel like should have had a bigger impact too. When your main character, who's an Avenger, loses an eye, like yeah. he's the first one in the MCU to actually be like maimed, seriously injured in a way that was um, lasting. I we don't know how War it's Machine. going to have effect, but War Machine was pretty crippled. Uh, well, he was walking yeah. at the end of the movie um, with like assistance. I yeah, think. but I mean, what I, but what I mean is like. We're supposed to believe he's recovering. It's yeah, that's... Well, if, or at the very least, very Tony true. Stark is going to build him a suit. Right. right. <laughs> Versus know? Thor at the end of the movie has an eye patch. Right. So, you know, like, they're, they basically... The right. difference here is, you know, Rhodey's going to get better. He's going to be fine. Thor's missing an eye. Except now. we don't know for sure that he's not going to get better because we have the time right. we, stone that can just, sure. like, reverse things. And he's already friends with Doctor Strange. So, I mean, yeah, I there's mean, things yeah, that can fix right. that. I feel like Thor, on a personal level, wouldn't let Doctor Strange do that. Probably not. I don't think it's going to change, but I'm saying that it, we're in a universe where it could easily change without any issue. So I do want to talk about Loki and Thor, because I think that this movie pulled off what the X-Men movies have been trying to do between Professor S X and Magneto for 15 years better. So Loki, <laughs> Loki in the comics is truly evil. He hates Thor. He hates Balder. He hates everybody. He's screwed with Sif. Like he's maimed her. He is truly evil. Hela is not. She is just this being of death. She's the Grim Reaper. Where she's not bad. She she's just there. She's also Loki's daughter. And the wolf is her brother. So I love that she was changed to the sister. I always hated that she was Loki's daughter. So I was happy with that switch. I will say that. Incredibly happy with Hela as a whole. She is the first female villain. Um, Maya Hansen in Iron Man 3 was supposed to be the main villain. But they they said that girls don't buy toys. Bitch, I would have bought that Barbie doll. Anyway. So I'm happy with Hela. But yes, Loki in this, like, because Tom Hiddleston was such a hit with female fans in particular, but fans as a whole, they made him good. They wanted him to be an anti-hero, just an antagonist, not a villain. And I loved the relationship between Thor and Loki, especially when Thor just flat out said, like, maybe we just shouldn't talk to each other. Maybe that's our relationship. Yeah, that was a good scene. That was oh, so I do want to say one thing that I think... Uh, Taika Waititi did really well and did going into this movie said he was going to do and that the other Thor movies I think have missed 
was that he said that Thor needed to be the coolest person in the movie. Yes. And and the other Thor movies, I think, kind of missed the mark on that because you're like, there's some really cool stuff happening. It came not... up short. Yeah. This one, it, they made a point to make Loki look bad. Mm-hmm. And they made a point to, you know, make Thor for Hulk look bad and make Thor look like the coolest guy in the movie. And I think they definitely succeeded with that. And that's why it made me like Thor more because maybe they went a little heavy on the Loki stuff. You know, kind of trying to make him look not as cool as Thor. But uh, but he had his moments. He did. When he got up and cheered after, like, Thor had been beaten. That was I a great loved moment. Loved it. Yeah. That was uh, awesome. Oh, we haven't even talked about the Grandmaster. Jeff Goldblum is the best Jeff Goldblum in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, He's the best Jeff Goldblum in every movie. He, I, okay, Jeff Goldblum is absolutely one of my favorite actors ever. I love him to death. But he's just himself with cool clothes and makeup. Yeah, like, yeah. which is okay. It worked in the context of the movie. When um, Watiti asked, like, who was allowed to ad lib, and he was like, there were three actors I let ad lib, and it was Chris, Mark, and Jeff. Cause, and probably himself, I Yeah, imagine, right. But, like, yeah. he said all of Korg's lines weren't written down at all. Cause, <laughs> I can believe it. Somebody else was supposed to play Korg, and they backed out, and so he had to step up, and he said he was just literally talking to Chris's face the whole time. And so, uh, he said that watching Jeff just riff was so great. And he's like, how am I going to tell him to do anything else? I have no authority over Jeff Goldblum. He's Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, right. you just let him do his thing. You know, um, <laughs> No, he was wonderful, especially at the end, in the in the after credits scene, you know, uh, where he comes out. I, I just want to say that y'all did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> great job on the revolution. <laughs> Let's just call it a tie. Yeah. Call it a tie. It's so great. Uh, it, it really makes me want to see him and you know Benicio del Toro. Oh yeah, since we're supposed to be brothers. Yeah. Watch an entire movie of that. I want to see that happen. I know, like it's. I really don't think it will, based on. Well, they want it to happen. Like Feige yeah. said, that he wants to get them together. He thinks that would be really cool. But with them both being in outer space, it makes sense that they could have an entire scene with them together in Infinity War. Is Benicio supposed to come back and Jeff Goldblum's contract is for two movies, I think. See, I'd like to see him do something kind of like, uh, what were those those short web se- episodes they did with Thor and like his roommate or yeah, whatever? Yeah, yeah that uh, was Darryl. great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd like to see that kind of style, but for the collective. You know that's canon, Master. right? Like that, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, I think that would be funny, right? Like if you did the same thing for these two guys in space. I think they should be like the Waldorf and Statler. Oh, that's interesting. Like, like the Grandmasters, like, like the Collector or somebody has something. Because like, they are they superior beings. They they like to meddle, but they don't like to destroy. They're not Thanos after What if they're just so? watching Infinity War happen from like the Grandmaster's palace? Popcorn. Right? And, like he has just some satellites <laughs> around yeah. Earth. Okay. Sure, why not? Well, maybe there's a fight, like, who's going to watch it or who's going over to whose house? Are you going to watch it from Sakaar or nowhere? Or... Yeah. So are you guys, did you guys read about the Infinity War footage that they showed at San Diego Comic-Con last year? No, no. I've kind of kept away from it until yeah. I could see a decent copy of it. Okay. So you don't even know what happens in it? No. Well, no, I'm no. going to talk about That's it, fine. so sorry. Um, I was actually hoping that they would show it at the end of the movie. But basically, in the Infinity War teaser that they showed at San Diego Comic-Con, you see Thor just kind of floating, or you see the Guardians flying through space, and they run into Thor's body, essentially, hits the windshield, and, you know, they all make comedy jokes about hitting the guy, clean it off the windshield or whatever, and they pull him inside, and obviously, it goes on for a little bit, but that was the main part that connects to this movie. I feel like when the mid-credits scene... With the ship behind, you know, the big ship behind it. Yeah. The little ship. I feel like that was directly what happens 
right yeah. before that Infinity War teaser, right? Like that ship blows this ship up, and yeah, and that Thor, makes sense. yeah, is like floating in space now because this ship got destroyed. So all that the is... Asgardians are dead. Uh, well, Thor didn't die when he was floating right. in space, so I mean, there's something going on there. They are but, basically gods. I yeah. mean, they can survive being in space by themselves. Yeah, We've but seen. the Milano and you know Loki's not going to die. You know, Twenty thousand people or whatever. Or whatever. Also, like Loki obviously picked up the Tesseract and and yeah. oh, and, clearly, and yeah. Thanos yeah. has <laughs> that that gem. So, I, at the beginning of Infinity War. That was so one of my favorite be... scenes is Hela in that vault. When she walks when by and she says... the Infinity Gauntlet? Yeah, when she says fake and... That's not bad. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. She's like, but this, the eternal flame. Like, that was so good. Um, but no. I, one thing I did want to make a point about that is that when they showed the footage for San Diego Comic-Con, he didn't have an eye patch on. And maybe they, maybe it's like the trailer scenario where he still had both eyes with the lightning coming out in the trailer, but then in the movie he was missing an eye. Yeah. Um, but then there's a lot of people that are like, he gets his eye fixed on the ship, you know? So yeah, they knows. have that tech. I'm pretty sure they I, just didn't want to show the spoiler of yeah, him not yeah. having an eye at San Diego Comic Con. Or the effect wasn't done yet. Or that, yeah. Yeah, that happens too. That's, but it's just an eye patch. Well, I, mean, it's not like it's well, I guess, yeah. Effect. Unless like maybe he, like the eye patch like got blown off when the ship got blown maybe, up or something. Yeah, I don't true. know, but... Uh, I really hope he keeps the eye patch. You it's know. pretty sweet too. looking, yeah. Well, because I think it's a and big, the short hair. I think it's a good character. It's a turning point for who yeah. he is because the fact, like, she's making fun of the fact that he looks like his father, but he's realizing that he has to take over that role, and that's the whole end. He of the movie. accepted the king of Asgard exactly. position, yeah. So, like, that's him accepting that essentially, and I don't think he would to, to walk that back would be to take back that that advancement of the character. I, I don't think they will. So I hope But I just thought that was an interesting yeah. thing that people are kind of talking about is, you know, did he get his eye fixed? Did they just not have, you know, what, what was going on between an Infinity War teaser? I was really disappointed they didn't have that. I, I liked that Grandmaster scene at the end, but man, that Infinity yeah. War teaser would have been pretty sweet. And it would have directly related to that mid-credit scene where you're going, is that Thanos' ship? We don't know. It you know? is. And you would have got the Guardians in there, which would have that, been great. That, that, sh- that ship. ship is the it Sanctuary is. 2, which is Thanos' ship, and it it pretty much means death. But like, I mean, ju- just the general audience doesn't probably know that that's Thanos' ship. Well, but ship if, if you saw Guardians, though, then you know that it. that's what their ships look like. Because it's in the first Guardians. Thanos' ship is? No, 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 but one that looks exactly like it. Is it? Yeah, because um, what's his name? In the first Guardians movie, where they have the after they have the dance battle, the ship that crashed looks exactly Ronin. like the, yeah, Ronan. Thank you. It, it's it looks just like Ronan's ship. I guess ship. I didn't. Maybe Thanos is, is, is larger. Like. Thanos is may look larger, right? But that whole scene where the ship's coming down. Well, there's and, no scale for Thor's ship. Other right. than the fact that you know there's like so thirty I mean, people. In so it I, I have no idea what the sizes are. But in the first Guardians, when you know, the Nova Corps has the net and they're trying to stop that ship, that's from true. Landing, it's pretty big, right? That looks just like Thanos' ship. So, I, I mean, that was an easy connect the dots for me. Yeah. Well, so. yeah, that's fair. I didn't pay... I, you pay more attention to what spaceships look like than I do, just because of your fandoms and stuff. Well, I, it was a very specific design of a ship, so, sure. you yeah. know. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we are getting close on time here, because we've been talking a lot about... I mean, we haven't even talked about Hulk, like, at all. Or Heimdall. Um, so, let's... Or look, Valkyrie. I mean, yeah, we're, maybe we'll just have to go long on this one. Let's go along because I want to talk about those three characters. So let's talk Hulk. I I loved him. I loved him in this movie. I loved him as Hulk. I loved him as Bruce. And my favorite scene sticks out. It's the one where they're both apologizing to each other on the bed. And that's great because we've seen so many 
bickering, so many little arguments, but something happens and they have to push aside and get over it. We've never seen any of them apologize and make up and be friends again. So that was important to me. And it really like proved to me that these characters are friends, that they leave these big battles and they still talk to each other. They call each other up. It, it's the party scene in Age of Ultron and it's this scene that makes me very happy with all the characters as uh, just with their personal interconnections. I actually didn't really like Hulk in this movie, to be yeah. honest with you. Like, I thought the fight scene with him and Thor was cool. Um, but again, that was I would have been much happier if I had no idea that Hulk was in this movie and had walked in and seen that fight. It was kind of all spoiled in the in the trailers. But um, Yeah, because they do spend a lot of time talking about how Thor is going to have to fight the champion and all this other stuff. Like, well, yeah. of course it's Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but if we had known going right. into that, then it would have been like, who's the champion? You know, they're yeah. really playing this up. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of my fault for, I guess, watching the trailers. But... Uh, you know, I didn't really like the way Hulk, like your problem with Thor, with how he all of a sudden can talk now and all this other stuff, like or yeah. talk a certain way now. Hulk, I had the same problem with it. I get it; they've been on an alien planet, but yeah. like now he can carry on full conversations as the Hulk and just you know, he, I didn't like the way he talked. I know he's not supposed to be smart or anything, but it just felt like he was talking to a child, which. Maybe that's what it's supposed to be. I don't know. I never really followed Hulk in the comic books, but it was more irritating than anything else to me. Um, I'm with you there because it's the same issue, right? And I, I get that they needed. I'm glad to... you said that because I was going to call you out for no. <laughs> it's the exact same issue, um, but you know, they they needed the two characters to talk to each other somehow and communicate, so they made them talk, right? And I, I get that in the comic books he can talk kind of sometimes when it's convenient. No, um, he can talk a lot. It it he when he's a Hulk Hulk. Excuse me. When he's Hulk, he has the vocabulary of a four-year-old. My four-year-old niece talks very well. But is it the same intelligence as a four-year-old? So too? Like, I Sakaar, feel like the vocabulary is one thing. On but... Sakar, he's highly intelligent. There's something about the planet that makes him talk as if he's Shakespearean all of a sudden. So it's he should have talked even better, to be honest. Well, it's... I wish he would have because I didn't like. I, like yeah. I was not feeling the it. The issue is the prior movies have limited his vocabulary to like just gers and maybe one yeah, or two and now words. he can carry on full conversations yeah. and knows that that is the problem was like this you. didn't set it up for this right yeah but I, I, so i had the same problem with that as i did with the changes in, in thor i i think they were i get why they did all of that right because how are you gonna have thor and hulk get along and make up and be friends if one of them can't talk right I, you have I get him as bruce banner well, but then they can't do the big fight, and they have to. Well, he can because he can still fight as Hulk, and then talk as Bruce Banner, and then he just goes back and forth. Is yeah. that the idea? I guess. Have him be more cognizant of what's happening as when he's the Hulk, and then the whole problem solved. Yeah, I mean, I guess they could have done it that way. That's interesting. Yeah, um, I, I, I honestly, the stuff with Bruce Banner and Hulk, I thought was great. Like the whole uh, "sun's going down, buddy" or whatever. Big oh guy. My God. Oh, I laughed every time. Um, <laughs> Doc Rev, who's not in chat tonight, but I was talking to him about it, and he said that he did he didn't really get it, but then I explained it to him. He's like, "Oh yeah, it's from Age of Ultron." Yeah, and I mean, I thought that was great. I laughed every time. I love the I idea of all of the Avengers having to do that with Hulk at yeah. one time or another. Right? It's just so great. Yeah. Any response to Natasha? I want to see Black Panther do it. That's, like, that's what I'm waiting. I want to see Tony do it. 
I think I, I, I could very easily see Tony do it. That's the thing. Know. It's like Black Panther. I have a harder time. Seeing I think him do Tony's it. got such an ego on him that he'd have a hard time with it. it was just a joke to him. So, yeah. Yeah, everything's was, a joke to him. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. why his code name is Point Break. Yeah, which was a great throwback to Age of Ultron. There was well. a lot of throwbacks in this movie, mm-hmm. actually. And I'm glad that Waititi didn't forget about those. A lot no, of gave them. Credit. They they forget about what has previously happened. So. Yeah, it's important to watch the movies where your movie exists. <laughs> but I feel um, like he didn't really like the other Thor movies. Like I can tell that. I'm like, like immediately the Warriors three, boom, gone in like dead. two seconds. You dead. get nothing, and there was no heavy moment there. They were just dead. Just, so I didn't even realize who they were at first. Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except for Sif, I guess. Zach we're, leaned we're over, and she's just not. Even- <laughs> didn't even get an explanation. Natalie Portman gets an explanation. Yeah, like, Sif, I didn't she, know, dumped she dumped him. <laughs> well, because they probably still want mutual. they probably still want her on Agents of Shield or one of the other shows at some Something point. Like so, that, yeah. Yeah. but I mean, they didn't kill off. Uh, they didn't kill off um, uh, Natalie Portman's character. I wish they would have. You know, so but. she could still show up too. Natalie Portman just didn't fit in that role ever. Yeah, she, she is a fantastic actress. And she definitely had the same chemistry with Chris Hemsworth that I would, which means that he's not attracted to her, but she is definitely attracted to him. Like, that's that's what's happening there. So I, I was happy that she wasn't in this film. I love her. I just didn't think she ever fit with it. Well, there wouldn't have been a good reason to have her in this movie anyway. None of it takes place on Earth other than a few small scenes where they're looking for Odin. On the green screen. Um, <laughs> yeah, or Doctor Strange's uh, Oh, we but didn't talk about Doctor so Strange. Good. Cameo. This was the Doctor Strange I wanted in the entire Doctor Strange movie. He was great. Teleporting all over the place. He floats in like a boss. Like <laughs> He just keeps moving. Yeah. And Loki's been falling for half an hour. That was so good. Yeah. So good. I loved it. And his, he wore gloves. I love the gloves. Yes. Like It was a little thing, but it made a big difference for me, you know? I think think that I like that this is the progression of the character though right because he's still becoming Doctor Strange in his solo movie now he is he's been Doctor Strange for a while he's just a year now yeah he's good but him immediately grabbing Thor and bringing him over here and he's like what the hell did you do (laughs) like why did you bring him here so good so good Earth has wizards now (laughs) (laughs) D&D man I'm telling you (laughs) yeah that was great I loved loved that although it it wasn't much more than what the after credit scene was in Doctor Strange, unfortunately. But um, I mean, there were some fun moments to it. Uh, I, I, I liked you that know, he turned into an umbrella. Oh, yes. turning Mjolnir into an umbrella was that was brilliant. I loved that with the umbrella just uh-huh. into his but hand. Isn't that Loki that did that? Was it? No, no that was. I thought Doctor Strange no, just saved him. They were, all, it, right? they were on the on the street like that, and, yeah. and when they oh, go okay. meet Odin, it's like Fair that. Enough. Pretty sure that's a Loki illusion. So I loved it either way. Yeah. Like, that was great. Yeah. No, uh, the scene where he just holds it out. Yeah, and you hear it crashing. You're like, you know there's all these artifacts <laughs> in the sanctum. And it's just like, yeah. Benedict's up there, like, so annoying. <laughs> yeah. He fits that role really well. Yeah, but he has the time stone, so he can just reverse it all. <laughs> yeah. But it works, because he's basically Sherlock Holmes with superpowers, you know. So. And an American accent. And that American. floating in was, Very like, cool. straight out of a comic book. Loved so it. beautiful. Yeah. Cool. I'm, really, that, I'm hoping he gets to be a little more front and center in the future movies. So that is what I want from these cameos. I don't want Captain America showing up as Loki just randomly. I thought that was funny, to be fair. I laughed at that. It was a cool scene. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that, like... What? In the second, in second, Thor, Thor, second Thor movie. It, we're so used to... Uh, <laughs> when they're walking through the halls in Asgard and, like, Loki's joking and then he turns into Captain America. Would you rather me be one of your friends? Yeah, oh, I forgot about that. Ugh. 
But those are the cameos we're used to. They come on set, make a 30-second appearance, and then they're gone. I did and like the cameo of Spider-Man with the Captain America where he was that doing was the PSAs. That was I makes think sense they're getting the better universe. at referencing But them. I love how the teacher's like, yeah, I think he's a work criminal now, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Hannibal Burris is hilarious. Yeah, that's great. Um, we didn't talk about Valkyrie at yeah, all. Let's talk about her. So she was really cool. She was. Uh, I thought Rachel that was not excited about Valkyrie before the movie. I remember she was. You seemed like you hated I, the way she looks or something. I still hate her costume. Everything about it. The first one on Sakar when she's Scrapper One Forty Two, and the weird angel thing she's wearing at the end. I hate the way it looks. I think they can dress Tessa Thompson better. I love the tattoos, both the the makeup on her face, the tattoo on her wrist. I love that all the Valkyries have a military tattoo. That, to me, is entirely cool. So, I I loved her character. I hated her look. That's all. I, Tessa Thompson, I've seen her in four other films now, and she is beautiful. And eh. I thought her style matched Thor's. So I didn't really have a problem with the it. The MCU looks like they have the same costume designer for everything. It's all the exact same, like, webbed fabric. They do. The studios in yeah. Weta. Uh, Especially since they filmed a lot of this in Australia and New Zealand. So it's definitely Weta. I mean, Thor's had a... I mean, his look has obviously changed over his movies. But there's a lot of similar tones and, and material styles in that. And she was just kind of matching. Yeah. I will say this. I loved his look on Sakaar. Like, I, Thor's? Yeah. I like the helmet. Yeah. I thought the helmet was great. Yeah, I I'm kinda, hoping they do the Marvel Legends version, you know how they released the Marvel mm, Legends helmet. Yeah. yeah, that would be great. I kind of wish that there was some way for him to keep that helmet, because I just thought it was a really cool look. I thought it was, good. was neat. Yeah, yeah I, like I thought it. that was really cool. Yeah, I thought the additional colors were great. The teal on his shoulder, Absolutely. and it was the it was red a, on his face. It was, it was a good. very colorful movie. It clearly, you know, was more of a Guardian-style film than, you know, anything else. I never thought that... Thor film should be dark and dreary because, you know... Fantasy you're, isn't. You're yeah. in a world where the transportation is a rainbow bridge. They call and it that. Pegasus and Pegasus. Right. Real. Like, you see it in that. I mean, that was a cool scene. I wish there had been so more good. of that when they're, like, all flying in on the Pegasus in, like, slow motion. I mean, I love that. They created a new way. Uh, that, like, that was the first time a shot like that was done. He said that he set up a hundred strobe lights and had each one of them go off instead of the camera moving the strobe lights moved. It was so. beautiful. Whatever yeah. that was. Absolutely was gorgeous. Yeah. That was a cool war scene. It was a really nice scene. It would have been cool to see a little bit more of that, but I, I get it, right? You're introducing this villain that's been trapped away, so we have to quickly explain why she was trapped away, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and everything uh, was rushed in the movie. So, yeah. I mean, okay, let's talk about that for a rushed. second. It's only a two-hour and ten-minute movie. Now, I say only because it still felt really rushed, and it The first act, at least, did for me. I thought the whole thing felt yeah, really everything rushed. Everything felt rushed to me, too. It because was just, there's... I mean, think about how many characters are in this movie that have to get together and change sides. It did and, introduce you know, a lot of stuff. We barely talked about Korg at all. Yeah, we haven't right? touched Korg at all. And he was great. Right? Probably so, my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Just, uh, I don't know about that, but he was really good. He's my favorite new thing. You know, like, he's my favorite thing that they introduced in this um bring them to infinity war please i want, I want hella and valkyrie in infinity war too because I, I mean we're supposed to think hella died but there's no body no so also she's a mortal goddess of yeah. death so i'm clinging sure to that the way people are still clinging to red skull like that right. one oh i'm clinging to red skull hard, i know like get over that one because hugo weaving hated that role i don't care <laughs> it's going back just make the skull look but different she, like, i guess but how would she like she would just be 
basically. And Maybe well, they were wrong about you, where she gets her power from or whatever, and it was actually from death and not from Asgard. You mentioned this oh, a yeah. while ago that there's a rumor that Hela is death yeah, and, and Thanos is in love with her. It would make more sense because how are they going to introduce a live-action death yeah. in an Infinity War movie that's supposed to be a heist movie about Thanos? I mean, you don't have to introduce Death at all. I mean, does he really need another motivation other than wanting the Infinity yes, Stones? Yes, because Death yes. is like his entire character in the comic books. But in the movies, we know nothing about him. So they changed who Hela is. Yeah, but I feel like know. that's an important part of his character. Like, he defeats himself, and that's the like his whole thing. And I think that's a very different way to deal with a character in a movie like that. Because everything the, is textbook at this point. After know? the first Avengers, Brian Michael Bendis, who just switched to DC, DC yeah, wrote an entire arc about the origin of Thanos, and death was, like, the motivation. So I feel like they wouldn't have written that okay. if they weren't going to bring it in. And at this point, that story is too cool to not talk about. Yeah, I just really... I want him to... I just love the fact that he basically defeats himself every time because... He's just trying to impress death. He's trying to impress it's all for a, woman. a girl. Yeah, and it's and I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to. And so, I, <laughs> but this is like an intergalactic badass with infinity stones that can bend space and time. Ryan, would you conquer the universe for your girl? Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> Especially if I had a gauntlet that could like you know, magically make me do it like that. I'd probably fail just like Thanos, but who knows, right? But I do think that's an interesting take on the character, and that would be something I really want to see from that. Okay. Personally. So we've been talking for a while. We're well over time. Is there anything else you guys want to touch on before we give our final thoughts? I don't want to see any more crap about Valkyrie's sexuality. I think it had nothing to do with the film whatsoever. They didn't touch on her being bisexual at all, except that, you know, she... She thought another Valkyrie was hot, and she thought Thor was hot. It was just a few looks but here that's and not there. Even, and that's, that's not in the movie, though. No. The only thing that's in the movie is that one of the other Valkyrie, who of course is a woman, sacrifices her life to save her. But that's and happened with dude bros in army movies for decades. Self-sacrifice so, has been a war movie trope yeah. since the beginning, so it could have been anything in my opinion. So there, there's nothing in the movie that would make you think that she has the hots for anybody but Thor by the end of that movie. I am so, very glad that if people, if women especially, want to you know, see representation in this, cool. That's awesome. Good for you. I'm, I'm glad you see that. I, as a bisexual woman, did not see that, and I thought it would have been even cooler if Valkyrie had the hots for Hela while she was still in good uh, standing in Asgard and had to go up against her. Like, I thought that would have been a cool storyline, but yeah. it is too much. This isn't a Valkyrie and Hela film. It's Thor. So... Ryan, any any final thoughts on Thor? Ragnarok? I don't care about Valkyrie's sexuality, but I do cool. care about putting Korg in with Squirrel Girl in the TV show. <laughs> Come on, guys. Make that would be happen. perfect. Yes. We want Korg and Squirrel Girl. Yes. We want Collector and Grandmaster. Yeah, exactly. This is what we want. Sitcoms. Come on. I want specifically to be sitcoms, like Friends. They're yes. living on Earth. Look, they gotta They're put, roommates. they got to put something on this new streaming service. Thank so, you. That's you know. it. I want to see Bruce go back to Earth and Natalia. Tasha just be like, where have you been? Like, I want to see old school honeymooners. I love Lucy's yes. style, yeah. Yes, like you have some splaining to do. Right, I'm That's... into it. Let's have three different sitcoms, Marvel. We're pitching them right now. This is it. And then we bring them all together for the Avengers sitcom. I like it. I like it. 
Wow. You heard it here uh, first, folks. <laughs> so do you guys want uh, do you guys want to try and give this a, a letter grade? I know it's difficult sometimes. Uh, okay, so talking about it with you guys, knowing that you share my concerns and everything, like I'm going to raise my score. My score was, I was going to go with a C minus. I'm going to go with a B minus now. I love that I could talk to you guys about this and you have very similar concerns that I did. Ryan? Um I don't give out A's really ever, um, but but it's definitely a solid B plus for me because I think that it was a lot of fun and I don't care that it wasn't dark really. Like at the end of it, I left smiling and having a good time. And ultimately, when I go to the movies, I want to have a good time, and that's right. so that's it, why we it accomplished our money. the goal. Yeah, and I felt great when I left and enjoyed it thoroughly. So yeah, B plus for me. Um, in chat, Bruce Wayne twenty five uh, would like to see Lady Death in Infinity War, but uh, he. He doesn't think that uh, he hadn't thought about Hella being Lady Death, so he finds that idea interesting. Yep. Uh, for me, uh, I I really did enjoy the movie a lot. I had a ton of fun, and I know that that's the point. Uh, but it's hard for me to look at it separately from the MCU because they've made the MCU such a big deal, having it be so interconnected. So that does knock it down a little bit for me. Uh, so I would also give it a B minus. Uh, I think it was really fun and enjoyable. And so if you like Thor as a character at all, or you like sci-fi and fantasy movies, go see it. It's definitely worth seeing it in theaters. It's a giant spectacle. Um, I think it was the best MCU movie to come out this year for sure. Uh, no question about that. Do you that. think it's the funniest MCU movie? Ever? Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. I think it's funnier than the original Guardians. And that was probably my first... No, I mean, Gu- Guardians, uh, I think Guardians for me was a better film overall, but I wouldn't say it's funnier. This yeah. is a funnier movie. This is a comedy. That's yeah. the thing. It's like, it's 100% comedy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, best MCU movie of the year for me. A lot of fun. I am super stoked and looking forward to Black Panther. I cannot yes. wait. February, right? Yeah, yeah, February. So it's right around the corner. And then in May is Infinity War. So. Is it May? Wow, yeah. that's not that long. So, maybe. I mean, we're, we're talking in November like, is Ant-Man and Wasp. Next November, yeah, yeah, yeah. A year from now, we're 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 looking at you know in the next seven months we will find out what Th- if Thanos was worth all the weight. <laughs> My guess, no. <laughs> so, although a heist movie featuring Thanos, which is what they're pitching it as, sounds really interesting to I, me. I, stealth, I'm okay stealth with Thanos. that. I don't know if it's gonna be stealth, but it's gonna be heist. I mean, it'll be the 19th MCU movie. It took 19 <laughs> movies for Thanos to actually have. Like walk around. Yeah. He was probably just laughing. He floats in the throne everywhere. Like he's like stealing the Infinity Stones. He's just like, <laughs> yes, yes. That's very likely now that I think about it. Uh, but no, I mean up until now he's been you know in a couple of scenes of Guardians, and he uh, you know was in a very Avengers. very quick uh, mm-hmm. after credit scene in Avengers. So. Um, and oh my god, the fanboys that had to Google that purple scrunchy face. Oh my god. I was the only one who walked out of that theater, I swear, and I was like, that was Thanos. I had a dude come up to me and be like, who's Thanos? And it was like, teehee. Fake nerd boy. See, I, I saw it and I was like, man, Thanos looks a lot like Brolin. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that it was him at the time. I'm like, man, he looks... That wasn't Brolin. It yeah, wasn't? In the Avengers, him, yeah. they had it cast looks him. looks just like him, yeah. though. They they did a good job. Of, <laughs> yeah, I guess they're lucky they got somebody who looked like the the rendering. But uh, all right, well, let us know what you thought of Ra- uh, Thor Ragnarok at Heroes Podcast Heroes Podcast dot com. You can find us, of course, on iTunes and Google Play, as well as Blog Talk Radio. See all three of us along with several other of our hosts 
at Kansas City Comic Con this weekend, November 10th, 11th, and 12th. We do want to remind you that next week we are having our panel as our episode, so we will not be live, okay? We will be returning the week after for our Justice League review. Yes, so there will be an episode next week. If you don't come to Kansas City Comic Con, it will be our panel. You'll be able to catch that on Wednesday next week if you miss us at the con. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I guess we'll catch you next time. Bye. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.